0: This is the Scratching and Surviving podcast where we together will learn what it takes to achieve extraordinary results, and I am your host, Aries Webb-Williams. Episodes, which I'm really proud of myself. Um, I'm not really consistent with things. I get great ideas. I'm a typical Aries, like I get great ideas. I'm like, okay, now go off and <laughs> and do that. I oh, don't know, I'm just the type of person that I will be like, all right, I'm, I'm over this now. I'm bored with this. So this actually, doing a weekly podcast is a personal challenge that I'm trying to get through it's like forcing me because people are like where's the episode I thought it was on this day or that day and I'm like oh you listening? cool like no (laughs) it's not on a certain day I do I try to stay with a certain day but it's just life happens I, I can't do it like that I gotta do it when I can do it and after I get some control of life Cause this week was redonkulous I traveled on Monday night got back Tuesday night and I'm going out of town tomorrow so haven't had a chance to even catch up I've done two networking well one networking breakfast this morning at seven and then I got another one a board meeting tomorrow at seven so I'm just you know making things happen actually I had a I have an interview that's going to be coming up pretty soon that's going to be very good. I have actually a few different interviews that I'm really excited about. And um, so this week is not one of them, (laughs) just so you know, just in case you were getting excited. But, you know, it's just me this week, but I, I really needed some tips from you guys. I wanted to hear back from you. I definitely need feedback on this because I have a real personal dilemma that I want feedback on, and it has to do with parenting and I have two unique situations that I wanted to that I wanted to bring up to you all and see what you think and maybe you have some good ideas that I hadn't thought of so I'll give you a little background about my kids and kind of what <laughs> what has transpired so far um I'll start with LJ. So LJ, my pregnancy with LJ was awesome. I, it was just, I did everything. I was so excited. I definitely wanted to be pregnant. I was like, yep, I'm just, you know, we're, we're, we're actively trying, you know, read every single book. I was Eating this way, I did yoga, prenatal yoga, you know, all that. A doula, I was doing it all, okay? Like, I would remember when my cousins came to visit, the day I was in labor, I was at the house, I had walked around the neighborhood a whole bunch of times, I was sitting on one of those ab balls, just bouncing and talking to them and pausing for my contractions and Got in the bathtub. The doula came over. We had the little rice uh, in the bag that you put in the microwave and put it on your back and breathing exercises and reading the hypno birthing and just all this crap. I mean, I'm not going to call it crap, but <laughs> all that stuff, right? And then I had a birthing plan. I mean, we did everything. Lamaze, we did the all night. You know how it is when you're a first-time parent. But I was like over the top. And had my plan. We went to labor, um, went to the hospital, and I told my husband, "I was like, do not let me get medication. I'm, you know, I have a plan." So those pains were hitting hard, and I was, I was handling them. I'm like, okay, I could do this. This I can do, and I wasn't progressing. So there was a point where I think I was five centimeters. And she was like, I'm going to go, I'm just going to break your water. She broke my water, Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm y'all. Mothers out there, no. That's when those pains was like, oh my goodness. I can't take this. Uh, Yeah, I don't know about that. This, the plan, all that, I don't know if this is going to work. But I was already at the point where, you know, it's, 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 we in here, you know, so it's like, either you're going to go or not. And I remember like, I'm going to need some medication. <laughs> he was like, are you sure? I was like, cause I told him, I said, I don't care. Do not let me get medicine. He was saying he was, he, he went real quick and told them cause he saw that look in my eyes like, nah, bruh, that's not, that's not what that is. So. They tried to give me epidural. When I tell y'all that, my body laughed at that epidural. I was like, Psh, that didn't help a thing. So that was like a waste of time. I think he came back twice. It still didn't do anything. And then it got to the point where LJ basically flipped over like what they call sunny, sunny side up. So his head was um, facing up instead of down. And the way his head is set up, it was not about to come up out of there. So she was like, do you want to see your baby now? Or like, cause, uh, yeah, he's not looking like he's coming out anytime soon. And his pain is kicking. So I'm like, uh, and plus his heart rate has started going down. So they were trying to like do all kind of stuff, Pitocin and Epidur, all this. It, it was just too much. So it was like, I ended up just having a C-section because it, it wasn't, nothing was helping. I wasn't getting past five. And this is after like 28 hours of labor. So, you know, I was tired mentally, physically, everything. Like, get this baby up out of me. I'm done. So um, baby came out. Oh, my God, I got the best pictures because the doula is also a photographer. Shout out to Earth Mama Photography. She did such a great job. She had photos in the room, pictures of him, like, when he first came out. It was just awesome. So he came out with those arms stretched up. My dad always says he was praising the Lord when he came out. And I just bawled crying. Like, I cried hard. Like, oh, my God. When I heard him cry, I was like, oh, my God, I got a baby. Like, this is a real baby, this is my baby. I mean, it was crazy. While we were in the hospital, the nurses were coming into the room a whole bunch. I had the sweetest nurse for him. And they were like, oh my God, we want to come see this baby. Everybody kept talking about him. He was a really pretty baby when he was born. You know, because babies don't be looking that cute when they're born. I'm sorry, I don't care. And I can attest because Marvin was not cute to me. He was cute because he was a baby, but he wasn't cute. Yeah, (laughs) he just wasn't. And LJ, oh, my God, he was beautiful. Like, he was just the prettiest little baby. And the nurses were coming in looking at him. And his nurse cousin, you want me to come pick him up? Like, I'll come get him. And she would come get him. And I would just feed him. She would come get him and let him stay with her until he was hungry again and bringing in. So that was cool. As soon as I got home, that milk kicked in. <laughs> the real milk. It wasn't that stuff you get when you first have a baby. You get that. Thick, you know, whatever it is, I forgot what it's called. When the real milk kicks in, it's a whole nother ball game. I'm sorry. The baby is like, whoa, yeah. And then you're just like breastfeeding all day. And it's amazing how your body works when you breastfeed because I would fall asleep every time. It was so draining. They said that breastfeeding is like burns like four to five hundred calories a day or something, and I see why. Because I was falling asleep while breastfeeding because it was just like I couldn't keep my eyes open. I just couldn't. So anyway, I was overproducing milk like crazy. So I had milk just shooting. <laughs> this is graphic for the guys or um, women know about this stuff, but it was just milk shooting out. Like I'm wondering why is this baby choking? <laughs> like he was just like choking while I was breastfeeding and so milk shooting out leaking everywhere it was just it's it was crazy once I got home I was just exhausted and uh, on top of the fact that I had a c-section so I'm dealing with the major surgery I forgot to mention that when I got the the spinal for the for the c-section it didn't work originally I told you the first epidural wasn't doing nothing I don't know what kind of body I got But I wasn't feeling it. I was not feeling the epidural that everybody says is so magical when you get it. I was still getting those pains. And when they put that first spinal in there, I could still feel things. And so I'm laying on the operating uh, table, and my doctor was like, had the little scalpel and touched my stomach, like, you know, getting ready to cut me open. She's like, let me know if you can feel anything. And I was like, yes, I feel it. And she's like, you can feel this? And I'm like, yes, I feel you. It's something sticking in my stomach. She's like, uh-uh. So I had them give me an extra whatever they put in there. And then it put my body into shock because, remember, they gave me the epidural, like, twice. It wasn't doing anything. Gave me the spinal twice. And then by the time that third one, I was, like, I was having chills. My body was just, like, shaking all over the place. Like, if you were cold like really 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 cold so I'm like like my mouth was just like my lip was shaking so when my husband walked into the operating room he was like and I just I was trying to talk to him (laughs) through the shakes and I was like it's the medication (laughs) it's the medication you know because I was like he's gonna be freaking out when he comes in here and I'm all shaking and he was like oh I was about to say like what did they do to you so that was like the first part and then So, I I mean, that stuff was going on for a while because after I had him, I don't think I could hold him for like 30 minutes because I was shaking too bad. I was feeling nervous about even holding him. So my mom had him and his dad and stuff. And my dad had flown out from California once I said I was in labor. He just, you know, got on the next flight. And uh, so I had a lot of family support and all that good stuff. But when I tell you that that LJ, I mean, the pregnancy was probably the smoothest part after that. He has just been (laughs) giving me all of the stuff. He had, let me run it all down. His hair started falling out when he was like two months old. What else did he have? He had acid reflux, which with the overproduction of my milk and all that, he was just like projectile vomiting. He, we had to put him on a different kind of formula that he wouldn't drink because it was disgusting. Then I put him on soy milk, because that's what my family used to put babies on. So I was like, we going old school. So put the soy milk. Everything was cool after that. He had some other thing where we had to take him to the ear, nose, and throat doctor. They had to put the scope down his nose. It was just torturous. I was just hating it. And he also had night terrors for a while at a very young age, which they usually say is too young to be having night terrors. But he was having them like at he was months old. It was scary. Our family, I think everybody probably experienced it once being over here because he was probably having them, like, once a month. It was like if you try to, like, wake them up out of it, it will make it last longer. So I started reading up on it, and I learned that if you just let them have it, oh, it just hurts your soul watching your baby because they're like, it's almost like screaming bloody murder. A little old baby just in their crib. Wake up screaming. You can't do anything to stop it. Like if I tried to wake him up. I remember when I first started. I'm like oh my god oh my god. Like 20 minutes we're walking around the house. Like he's just hollering. And his body is tense. And he's just screaming. And oh my god it was just horrible. That Then he had eczema. And then as he is becoming a toddler. I'm noticing that. His speech is not, I don't know, I'm not going to say normal, but it wasn't like what I was seeing from my, my friends that have kids the same age. And everywhere you read, they're like, don't compare your baby to other babies, but I can't help it when you guys are born a couple of days apart, and this baby is over here saying words, you know, a certain way, and then you're sounding something totally different, and I'm the only one that understands what you're saying. Like, I had this whole list of vocabulary words um, that he – would say, and he understood me very well. He understood us very well. You could say, LJ, go go get a diaper out the room and bring it in here at two years old, you know, 18 months, you know, and he would go in there and he understood every single word we were saying, but his words were not sounding exactly like what we were saying. And so I'm like, hmm. So around two years old, I started having them. they had a program, I think it's called ECI. I don't know, I'm gonna look it up. I think it's ECI I'm looking up right now they would have a speech therapist that would come to the house and do speech therapy and it was uh, affordable you know it was a good decent price let me see if it's got ECI and um yeah it's ECI so that's a, a a resource in case you have parents out there think see if you guys have that it's um early childhood intervention services in Texas so I don't know if they have that other places but it was awesome. We had a girl named Ashley. She was so sweet. And she come over the house and play games with him and have him repeating after her and go bubbles and like say little things. And he liked her a lot. They would just play games, but she was also doing, you know, getting him to say things. So it was very creative. But once he turns three, you have to, I think she started going to, she started working for a a different place, which was like, you would have to do outpatient. uh, I would have to go to a whole separate place. But we wanted to keep her, so I kept taking him to speech therapy even after, you know, our services with ECI had ended. And I didn't want to sign him up for the preschool or whatever they had through the the school district. They have something for er early childhood. And I was just like, "Mm, I don't know, because I don't want him labeled and all this. And I was very scared about, putting him in different kinds of services before school started. Cause I don't want to start off, you know, with them all in our business. And so once he got to kindergarten, it was like, okay, he sounds good now. And actually what she ended up recommending was like his mom's day out program that we had him in, which is like a Monday through Monday, Wednesday, Friday, nine to AM to 2 PM or something like that. She wanted him to go more days a week because she felt like when he would be around other kids it helped him develop his speech a lot better, which was true. And then we put him in Montessori school and it was all good. So that was a big difference. And so once he got to kindergarten, he can speak, you know, just fine. And, but there were other little things that I was noticing. And, you know, as a mom, we notice things and sometimes we can act like we're, we don't see it, but I wasn't one of those moms. I'm like, what's going on? you don't look you're not doing this you're not doing that let me find out what's happening because i wanted to provide him with the services that he needed to be successful and so i put him in everything i don't care and um anyway so we had some struggles because he wasn't reading you know like the other kids which i'm like it's kindergarten why he got to read <laughs> you know, i was just being real like y'all doing too much and then he also you know the teacher would be send me notes home all the time saying You know, I had to give him a lot of reminders and he's, you know, being social in class and he wasn't a bad kid. Everybody always says he's such a great kid. I just enjoy having him and all that. But, you know, you keep sending me a million notes. I'm going to need you to not be sending me a million notes. You're a kindergarten teacher. I'm not. So why are you sending me notes? I don't need to see that. So I was getting like anxiety over it. I'm like, I said, I need to talk to you because. Every time you send me a note telling me that you have to tell my child to sit down and he's in kindergarten and he's five, I have a problem with that because you're the teacher, not me. I'm not here all day and I didn't sign up to learn what these kids are doing all day. I don't need to know this unless you want me to discipline him. Otherwise, keep it to yourself. <laughs> I mean, I just had to let her know. And she was like, I'm sorry. I just thought, I mean, of course I was doing it very respectfully, but i said here i'm here to support you i'm here to support him but when you send me notes for no reason just to tell me something i don't care i don't want to hear that i want you to tell me if you want me to do something otherwise i don't need that information that's why i work where i work and you work where you work i don't want to know what these kids are doing all day so all the while um you know his writing wasn't that great his I mean it was just little things that I was picking up on but we didn't know what the issue was and so by the time he got the first grade his teacher was like she's uh you know she'd been around the block for a long time and she recommended him to be tested for dyslexia and i think the first thing they were talking about was ADD and i was just like uh-uh, we don't do ADD in my family and I really had to be convinced that he could possibly have that because they're like, he just can't focus. He's easily distracted. You know, it wasn't, it never was anything about his behavior. It wasn't like he's a bad kid or or anything. It's just like, if he's doing something, he needs the teacher to be sitting right there in front of him one-on-one all the time. And they can't do that. You know, they got 20 kids or however many in the class. And so he, um, I was like, you know, maybe there is something we could think about in the dyslexia thing. After I started doing my research, I realized like, you know what, maybe he is because from what this is saying, you know, he's showing a lot of the symptoms and dyslexia also is connected to speech. So it made all the sense in the world. Like if you hear a word this way, you're going to write it a certain way, you know, and his letters were flipped a lot, his S's, his B's, his P's, his Q's. And basically the thing is, it's not that they see them backwards. I used to think that they see words backwards or they see, it's not that. What happens is a lot of the times they will use cursive to help people with dyslexia because B's, Q's, P's, and D's, lowercase, are the same exact letter. Just rotate it differently so it's like flipped or upside down and they just have a hard time remembering which way it's supposed to go same thing with the s it's the same it's just flipped so I had to start learning about dyslexia to really get comfortable with okay I had him test it. he tested on the yeah basically they were like yeah he's dyslexic." sexy also Went through all the process for the ADD thing, getting evaluated by various people, and pretty much that's what it is. So I had to kind of accept that, and even my own, you know, my dad, he's like, "Mm, he don't have no ADD, you know, stuff like that. And I had to, like, advocate for him pretty much everywhere, you know, because obviously you got your old school parents are like, ain't nothing wrong with him. He just need to get a, (laughs) you know, it's like, no this is what's real and this is a real issue that we need to make sure we check for and it's affecting him in class as he gets older. He can't be distracted like that because he's not learning and then he's being social. So now you're, you know, distracting other kids. So I had to just, you know, accept that. So here we are, you know, Um, and once we got that diagnosis, it really helped us a lot because, LJ and I would be sitting there trying to do that homework. And we'd both be crying, <laughs> keeping it real. It was just so hard to get through homework because, and it's still hard to get through homework, but it was harder when we didn't know what was going on. Because I'm like, LJ, I just ran it to you. Like, what is wrong? Like, why are you not? We just said this, this, and this. And he, would be, he, he forgot, you know. So we put him through this program. Um, to check his cognitive, you know, abilities and all this stuff. And they, it was, like, all this cognitive testing. And basically his short-term memory was, like, a three-year-old. And he was, like, I want to say six or seven at the time. And they had us doing all this stuff every day. we had to work with him, doing these different um, kind of drills to build up his skills and all that stuff. And it did help. But um, definitely was not cheap, but it was, you know, just things that we kept doing. We're trying every single thing, you know. And as a parent, you know, like I said, I read all the books. I thought I was going to just be killing it in the mom category. And I was like, ooh, I'm not doing well here. (laughs) And I just took I I felt very guilty. I will say that when I was pregnant with LJ and and had the cesarean and everything came home, I had my mom, I had my mother-in-law my dad my father-in-law my husband everybody was really chipping in helping a lot but I had really hard postpartum depression for a good and it it didn't last long but it was like scary because I just pride myself in this way of like you know I'm strong and all this and I just felt like so down that's not like people don't play like I feel like I, I have a lot of compassion For, you know, people who have depression, because I felt it hard. And I've had moments, you know, even since then, I think that was the first time I felt it like super strong. And then since then, I've had it after different situations, like job loss, or, you know, different things that would happen. And I would feel it like, whoa, this is a real feeling right here. This is real. And it was scary. But when when all this stuff was happening with the homework and we didn't know that he was dyslexic, I just was hurting. I was just like, I don't know what else to do, throw my hands up. I will call his dad, put him on speaker, and I'll be like, we just need you to help just say something (laughs) because we're both crying. We're both, like, struggling right now. So I don't know. (laughs) Like, what do we do? And this is when me and him weren't even, like, Heck of like on great terms, but um, oh, and not to mention, when I got the when we got the divorce, LJ was like four, he had the worst separation anxiety, and it was that was hurt, that just was ridiculous because I was just like, oh my god, okay, I'm a failure, I'm a failure in my marriage, I'm a failure as a mother, my kids are over here, like it was just horrible. Um, but once we got all this stuff together with the dyslexia and all that, it helped us tremendously I did have to get him out of his second grade teacher's class the first after the first like semester because she just wasn't I didn't like her attitude and her and his dad didn't either we had picked up on her way early on I was like she don't want to teach him she does not want to teach this kid and she does not want to deal with all these accommodations that he has she has a stank attitude and I don't like it and me and him kind of had a sideboard conversation about her at one point I was like what you think about this lady I don't know I'm feeling some negative vibes out for her and I'm really good at reading people that's one of my gifts and I'm like Mm-mm. he was like yeah I'm feeling I, don't, I ain't feeling her so my mom one day asked LJ my mom is off the train y'all <laughs> she was like do you think your teacher likes you and he put his hands you know how you're like meh eh, you know a little maybe he put the thumb not up or down but in the middle she's like that's it he's out of (laughs) there we're getting him out of that she always says stuff like that cracks me up I'm like uh let me do what I do and um so but when he said that it did make me feel like you know what see I know I was feeling some type of way so I would ask him different kinds of questions just to see what he would say, because obviously he's a kid, and no, you're not going to be able to get out of every class. But I felt it, too. So I was like, you know what, I'm not feeling it. So I called the vice principal, who I had a relationship with, and I told her what happened. And I think I put it in writing first. But we had multiple things in writing where this teacher just wasn't trying to hear what the heck I was saying. She kept going back and forth, and I would, we had a whole system set up, and she wasn't doing the stuff, you know. And I'm like, okay, can't. are you dyslexic or do you have add like are you having struggles over here under you know you're not you're not acting like you're getting it because i we've put this in writing we've had this conversation and you're still not doing it and it's very obvious that you don't want to so got him out of that class immediately like they were going um to i think it was thanksgiving break or something and by the time they got back, he was in the other class. And that teacher was awesome. Her son, had, her son was dyslexic. So, and he's like twenty five. So she's been there, done that, and she was way more patient, way better. Just everything was better. So that grade, second grade was great. Third grade, third grade was cool. I mean, he goes. He has dyslexia therapy at his school every day. So they have a therapist that's on campus. There's a group of kids, a couple of groups of kids. There's a lot of kids that have dyslexia, which is just I'm like, why do we even have to label it that when, like, one in five people have it? Like, we're already, let's just figure out a way to teach that everyone can, you know? It's just stop putting people in a box. And so I'm really learning by working with him that the way the school system is set up is just not set up. It's set up for everyone to be in this little box. And if you're out the box, then you're something's wrong with you. You have a learning difference. You have a learning disability. And it's just not how it works. And so what I do with LJ is I just try to teach him little tricks and stuff. I'm like, I had tricks. Like I got all kind of little tricks that I use to help me get through. So anywho. So with that, you know, now here we are. We're fourth grade. It's still a struggle. Like the homework in the evening, his, his. He just doesn't have the energy and he doesn't want to. Like, as soon as you start talking about homework, his whole thing goes, his whole little demeanor goes down. So, I'm trying to figure out some strategies there. So, anyone who has kids that are dyslexic and have been through this, please reach out to me and let me know. Because it is not easy. But I do try different things. We are now doing the Khan Academy math um, for math because that's the area that he needs work. He also needs up with the writing and everything too, but one thing at a time at this point. So I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't know. You know, we're we're at this stage right now, but um, I'm just doing different things because I want to make him. I want him to be excited about learning, and learning in his way. Like I listen to audiobooks all the time. I do read regular books, but. I love audio. I think I learn better listening. So that's just my thing. But yeah, like I said, need tips on that. I'm not going to go through the whole thing with Marvin, but this one, he's just stubborn. Period. Point blank. I need help dealing with a stubborn kid that is so strong-willed that it is. it makes me tired sometimes. But I'm on his... (laughs) I always, I use the old school phrases when I'm dealing with Marvin. I'm like, I'm going to be on your, and I don't cuss at my kids. But I'm like, I'm going to be on your butt. And it don't even work, the stuff that I'm going to say, because you're supposed to cuss when you say these things. That's how they were created. They were created with cuss words. But I'm like, I'm going to be on your butt like, right on, like white on rice. <laughs> I'm going to be on your butt like grass. What is that even? No, it's supposed to be. So anyway, I'm like the courteous when it comes to that. But I'm like, no, nah, you're not going to. He got the right parent, though, because I don't let nothing slide with him because he gets in trouble all the time because of his mouth. He just and I feel bad because he's little me. And I wasn't like that, though, because like, number one, I was just he has testosterone. That's the difference. He has a different level of like I he's afraid of, you know, my consequences or whatever. But it's like that little thing where it's like, I just got to say it. Like, I'm sorry. I just got to say it. I don't care if I get a and I just got to, it got to come out. So, I don't know. <laughs> he gets in trouble whenever he has free time. That's the problem. L- Marvin has straight A's. He was a total opposite child when it came to learning because he was always around when I we were working with LJ. So he learned to read early. He was, when I would, we were doing flashcards with LJ. Myron's right there memorizing everything. So when he went to kindergarten, he was reading books, like writing his name. He was doing all the stuff. He was writing his name at like two. In second, you know, when he was two, he's in Montessori school, like all this stuff. So he was like really, really, he got the advantage basically. Same thing, like when my sister, she's five and a half years older than me. So I learned how to read, you know, by the time I was in kindergarten. Actually, I went to school a year early because my mom was like, you are too smart to be up in this house because she had an uh, in-home daycare. And she, and back in the day they could do this, but they, she basically lied on my, uh, <laughs> sorry mom for telling your business. She lied on my birth certificate, or actually back then you can use a christening record, and p- changed my date to from 79 to 78. And so I, at four years old, I had just turned four in April, and I was going to school that September, in kindergarten. So I was a year ahead in school. So when I graduated from high school, I was I had just turned seventeen, and graduated like a two months later. So I was supposed to actually graduate in ninety seven instead of ninety six. But Marvin, he's just smart. He can read. He's reading chapter books. He's doing, like he's just all over the place. So he learned all this stuff. By way of LJ. So people will be like, oh, he's so smart. I'm like, yeah, because he's been right here while we're teaching his brother, who's two years older, all this math. He's learning multiplication, you know, all these different things now. Like, he's second grade. But we're flashcards. We're Khan Academy. We're doing all this stuff. So he's obviously getting all that. So his grades are awesome. It's P.E., it's cafeteria, it's art, it's music, it's all those extracurricular classes where... He doesn't have to do that stuff because he does want to learn. He loves reading. He loves going to the library. He is into it. But when it comes to his friends, he picks friends that are not the kids that you probably need to be picking. And you're just a little clown. So he's a little class clown. He wants to get a laugh out of them and he'll say something crazy and that's the type of things that he gets in trouble for or putting his hands on somebody he has a temper if his friend is fighting or doing something here he comes. you know it's like get out of their business why are you in their business he does it to lj every day all day he thinks he's my co-parent and and if i tell lj something here he comes mom said but i'm like who are you you are the little brother go sit down so i have to always like LJ gets it. He's very, um, one thing on that testing that he had, his, what was it called? Logic and reasoning, I think it was. He has grown up like logic and he gets it. Like he, he picked up on like sarcasm and different things like that real early. Like he's, I remember one day he was like, mom, when you say, sometimes you say something is great, but you really don't mean it's great. You mean it's bad. And he was probably like four or five. And I'm like, yeah, that's called sarcasm, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was smart. <laughs> I'm good for saying something like that. He's like, that—that that means it's not really smart, huh? And I'm like, yes, yeah, son. So at this age, at nine, please, he gets it. Like he gets it. So with Marvin is acting up, LJ just kills him with the, um, you know, some sarcasm, or he'll say things, and he knows how to trigger him. So Marvin gets all frustrated and flustered sometimes with LJ and they fight you know or whatever because LJ's being a little smart you know what and I, there's times I'll just be like LJ stop being a jerk <laughs> like right now you're being a jerk which like I said reminds me of his dad because he's one of those two he'll just say little crazy stuff but that was just that's just his personality just like how Marvin is mine like he just has to be the boss and be telling people what to do and that's me but a little one and it's uncontrolled, so. It's just like, whatever. He's hilarious. He's, he's very sweet. His teacher said the same thing. He's a sweet kid. It's his friends. He needs to stop hanging around these people. So they have everywhere in the school where there's a structured environment separating him from the, his friends, except for PE and like the cafeteria, you know? So I've just been talking to him very straightforward. You know, he understands what the expectation is and everything. And I just told him, I'm like, look, you're a Christian man. You're saying you love the Lord and you're gonna you know do all these things but he doesn't like when you do things like that you're supposed to be the one teaching your friends how to make good choices if you're saying you a leader but right now you're looking like a follower you know so this is how I talk to him I'm serious I'm like you know that's not how it works but that's all I got and I do feel like he's still you know it's just hard so if y'all got tips on these stubborn strong-willed kids Help me out, and don't just tell me to go whoop him, cause that's not gonna do it. Been there, done that. Been doing it. It ain't. It ain't working. So I'm over it, and I'm tired. So I need some parents out there to give me some feedback on some tips of just tell me things that you're doing with your kids. That would be helpful. Don't give me all this theory. And if you don't have no kids, do not send me a note saying anything, <laughs> cause you don't know until you know. Because I thought I was like, yeah, cause when I have kids. I'm going to be like, now, I am like almost pretty much 85% of what I, how I am, you know, what I thought I was going to be, I am. But there is a 15% where I was like, you know what, maybe we need a family therapy. But I'm not lying. I was like, I know I need it. Maybe Marvin needs it to feel like he needs to talk to somebody to talk through these emotions and all this stuff that gets him all flustered and stuff. I mean, I'm getting better with communicating with him in a way to get him to Like, calm down quicker and talk about things. And that's my whole thing with them is make sure they're talking because I don't want kids that are getting, you know, feeling like they can't talk to me or they can't communicate what they're feeling. And LJ is hard to read, too, because I know that stuff will get you, you know, that that's like a recipe for depression, you know, with all that stuff he has going on. Oh, no, sir, you will not be one of those kids that or all depressed or overdosing on drugs and all, you know, you're not doing that. So, um, he may need an outlet to start talking through all that. And I did make a declaration that before 2018 was over, I was going to start going to therapy consistently. But can I, let me tell you all something real quick (laughs) about me. Y'all, y'all gonna laugh, but so I found this therapist through my, my job has, um, the EAP program or whatever, right? I hope she never listens to this episode. But anyway, so they signed me up. I couldn't find. I was searching through the list of all the people that they sent me, and I was just like, meh, meh, meh. I don't know. Looking at their picture, looking at the website, looking at their credentials, all that, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. And so this lady was close to the house, and at this point it was just like, whatever, I'm just going to pick one, and we'll just see what happens. So I pick her, made an appointment, like three weeks in advance, right? <laughs> it's actually supposed to be next week. So... <laughs> Yesterday, she texted me and was like, Hey, Aries, I'm running a little behind. I just wanted to let you know. And I'm thinking, What'd you let me know for? Because I'm not, in my appointment's not today. So I texted her back and I was like, Uh, hi. I was like, I have, you know, 10 30 or 31, whatever day it was. Are we not synchronized? And she was like, and then I sent her a screenshot of the text where we were actually, you know, saying what time the appointment was going to be. And she's like, oh, <laughs> she said something that had me like, let me see what she said. Because I had to, I was like, am I tripping? Because I'm like, this is exactly why I need therapy. Because sometimes people say stuff and I'm like, see, now you're getting on my nerves. <laughs> so she says, "Um, my fault. I put the wrong day. I put it on the wrong day. I understand if you can't come today, can I contact you after my present session? Uh, Now, I didn't respond right away because that's one of the things that I'm trying to work on. Well, something that I've been working on for the last like five years, I try not to respond right away. As soon as I'm feeling something, you know, when I want to say something to somebody, I'm like, mm, OK, put the phone down. Because <laughs> right now I want to be like, lady, why would I come today? I understand if you don't want to come today. Why? Why would I come today? It's not my appointment. I'm not coming today, and I, I can't, and I won't, and it's not happening. So, all that was like going through my mind. Like, is this lady okay? So, I was like, see, I don't know. Now I'm like I'm ready to cancel the appointment because the lady didn't got on my nerves. So I ended up waiting, and I responded, and I said, no worries, I'll stick to 10:30 or whatever day it was. Thanks, and that was all I put. And then she was like, okay, thank you. It was that simple. But I could have totally blown that out of proportion. I'm just telling you how my brain thinks. I know y'all don't, y'all brain don't think like mine. Y'all probably just be super nice to everybody all the time. But, yeah, I was like, uh, lady. <laughs> why would, whatever. So this is the kind of things that I'm like, see, this is stuff I need to probably be talking about during therapy. It's like, why do things bother you? And it's probably the same thing that makes Marvin get all crazy. Um, and I use crazy lightly, so forgive me for that. But get all, you know, emotional because he's a younger version of me and he hasn't controlled that. And it does take some effort when that's how you really feel and you're not giving that. So anyway, I just want to um, confess that. <laughs> that I'm like, all right now, lady, you I haven't even had my appointment yet and you about to mess up. So... Pray for me that everything goes well with that. If not, I'll be looking again. And actually, I did get some people that gave me suggestions after that trailer where I mentioned that I was looking for a therapist. So thank you for that. And I think I definitely want to bring some friends on that are mental health professionals to talk about um, mental health, too, because I think that's something that we definitely need to address and talk about because – Just being able to articulate your feelings and why and and go in and find out why you do what you do and and where it stems from. I think that is so important to just move forward in your life and and have some kind of peace, you know, because we're up here just jumping in and out of relationships and jumping in and out of friendships and we haven't even figured out what the heck is going on inside of us and why we're doing what we're doing. And you're bringing all that crap into another relationship or friendship or whatever it is. And I don't like that. So I'm like, nah, you know, I don't want any of those problems, especially now, you know, with the kids. It's like, okay, so I'm seeing these things. And now, no, me and my family, we didn't have the resources to do all that. And heck, yeah, we always talk about me and my mom laughing about We're like, we all need some therapy. For real, like, we all could do, we could, we could, uh, Support a few therapists. (laughs) If we had a bunch of our family members get in a room for a while, it's gonna take a while. It's gonna be forever. We just gonna. That's just what it's gonna be. So now I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do that. I want to invest in me and my kids to make sure again that I'm providing them the help and resources that they need. So I just feel like don't be afraid of that stuff. You know, we need to really be okay talking about it because mental health is a part of your like physical health and everything all health and wellness like we want to be well I know I want to be well and as I'm getting older I'm about to be 40 next year y'all which I just I'm amazed myself I'm like girl you are about to be 40 years old this is crazy but I don't want to go into 40 all stress I know that my body reacts to stress in so many different ways I will have all kind of reactions And I don't even know that I'm stressed. Like, they'll be like, are you stressed? No, I'm not stressed. I'm just living. This is life for me. You know, I'm living just regular. But it really is stress that I'm dealing with. So we have to be able to recognize what is and isn't stress. And I want my kids to be able to recognize that at a young age and not wait till they're 40 before they start knowing, oh, you know what? Me reacting like this is because this is how I deal with stress, and I'm stressed right now, so I need to change, you know, my tone. So anyway, I'll keep filling you guys in on the progress there, because I think it's important just to talk about, and maybe as you listen to me talking about it, obviously I'm not going to tell you what's going on through my, at, at my sessions. Now, I might tell you certain things, because it might be something worth a conversation, but I think just sharing that, maybe that made somebody else feel like they wanted. Give it a try too. I think we keep trying to self-diagnose. And I love the Lord. I am. I consider myself a Christian. I consider myself a believer. And God, I pray every single day. I have intercessors that pray for me. My mom, my dad. She has a whole um, phone call that she gets on every morning, and they pray for me. Mothers of the church mother shannon she's like an older lady who's basically stepped in as a like a grandmother to me because i don't have grandparents anymore so she's adopted us you know adopted my mom and us as her grandkids and stuff and she'll just call me and be like listen i need to pray for you right now you know so i just sit there and let her pray and my aunt leela she's 90 years old she's praying for me like i have a whole bunch of people that pray for me on a consistent basis and i I talk to God and all that. So don't get me wrong. So I said all that to say, I still do all that. But he has created these doctors. (laughs) He has given them the ability to do all of these things. Just like we go to somebody for our, you know, if you have a heart attack, you're going to go to the heart doctor. So we need to start for our mental health, you know, whether we need a psychiatrist which is someone who is an actual medical doctor who can diagnose you and provide you medication as well as therapy. Or if you need a psychologist, you know, or counselor, therapist, whatever, you need to figure that out. So I'm off my soapbox on the mental health thing. But anyway, parents, please (laughs) reach back out to me. Let me know what you think about what I got going on. And just let me know. If you have some tips, if you have kids that are dyslexic, please reach out. Um, a podcast that I listen to that is so helpful and makes me feel better about um, what I'm going through with LJ is it's called Dyslexia Quest. Look that one up. That is good. Um, and But I don't have anything for the one with the stubborn strong-willed child other than the book by... Um, is it Chuck's window? I want to say Chuck's window for some reason, but maybe it's it's not Andy Stanley. I don't know, but I have it in there. Um, I bought that when Marvin was two years old, so that lets you know how long I've been dealing with it. I said, see, this is how he's going to be as a grown man. But I pray for his butt every night. When I tell you, we pray together every night, me and my kids, every single night. And I lay hands on his butt, and I pray out loud, just like how my mama and my grandmother and them used to do us. And I'd be like, in the name of Jesus. I really do. I lay hands on him because I'm like, no, I'm not going to allow, you know, this to go un- unchecked. So I'm checking him on a regular basis. I stay on him all the time. But I also do reward him. We have a good relationship, like, very loving. He'll come hop in my bed or whatever. But he's just, he's like me. So he's real cool and he just be He's not going to just give it up easy, so I definitely think it's probably worth something to look into, like a child therapist or something like that. Anywho, all right, y'all, I'm done. I don't have nothing else. I was just ranting and raving over here about different things, but I wanted to really get your opinion. So reach out to me on the website or on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, email, whatever, and let me know your thoughts on either if something I said resonated with you or if you have some ideas that I could try because I'm going to be trying everything. Just so you guys know, in case you're wondering, their dad and I work very closely together with this stuff. We talk about this all the time. He has them. um, When he has them, if there's like punishment or something that's going on, he makes sure to reinforce that. You know, no, it's not perfect because you're obviously in two different households and things are going to be different. But we do try to, you know, we support each other uh, when it comes to this and we're very hands-on when it comes to them. So, yes, he's, he's heavily involved. And, um, yeah, that's all I got. All right, well, until next week, you guys. Thank you for listening to the Scratching and Surviving podcast. To connect with me and hear more, please visit scratchingandsurviving.com. Make sure to join the Scratching and Surviving community. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your player of choice. Talk to you next week.